When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's all falling apart before it even gets going. Hit from behind. A pick six. Here's Murray. After going down awkwardly, he can't get up. What a disaster. Cardinals fired their head coach, Cliff Kingsbury. Whoever is the head coach, they need to get him back to playing the way he was. The Cardinals have hired Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon. I think the biggest challenge for Jonathan Gannon is getting Kyler Murray to believe you can allow me to be myself but demand that I get better. Oh boy, happy Friday everyone and welcome into NFL Live. I'm Victoria Arlen alongside Mina Kimes, Bill Barnwell and Jeff Darlington holding down the fort with me in studio and well, we're going to begin things off with a little drama and, of course, the ongoing struggles for the Arizona Cardinals. And at the helm of the ship is this guy, Kyler Murray, the fifth-year quarterback who back in January had ACL surgery, is still in the rehab process, but has been present throughout the Cardinals' offseason programs more than years past. Now, the Cardinals started the 2021 season with a 7-0 record and looked like a legit Super Bowl contender, but it's all gone downhill from there. Arizona limped into the 2021 postseason and got blown out by the Rams in the wild card round. Last season, the Cardinals were 4-8 before Kyler Murray tore his ACL in week 14. Now, in a series on the Cardinals YouTube channel where you can see the full video, here is what Kyler had to say about the struggles last season. I feel like since I've been in the league, all we've done is go up. You know, I got better every year. And then to take like a, you know, hit a, hit a wall year four after, especially after going through the whole contract thing, like I got COVID in camp. I hurt my wrist in camp. So I missed a lot of those reps. Um, and then trying to play catch up during the season. It was just like, it was just kind of like a compilation of up things going on. I'm, I'm wiser, you know, um, emotionally, you know, learning how to, you know, be one with the emotions, understanding, you know, how to talk to certain people. Some people may be able to take the harsh way, which I'm naturally that way, or do I have to soften it up and, you know, give them, the, give them a little love. It's really my first um, kind of coaching change since I was in college. It's pretty different for me, but it's been seamless. You know what I mean? JG hit it off. Um, you know, he sees things the way I see things. You know, he can relate to the guys, and he, you know, genuinely feels like he believes in the guys and is trying to get the guys better, um, me better. I feel like, you, you know, you run through a wall for that type of guy. All right, Mina, how does this season play out for the Cardinals? You know, this is, to me, one of the more interesting and stickier situations mm -hmm. in the NFL because for the Arizona Cardinals, Two things are true at the same time that might seem to be in conflict with each other. They want Kyler Murray to come back at some point and return to form, the sort of form we saw in 2021 when halfway through the season he was being talked about as an MVP candidate. That is true. What is also true, however, is this is not a team that intends to compete this year. I don't think that's controversial to say given how they approached free agency, the offseason, the draft. 
you know, it, it, this is a rebuilding organization. They're going to have their own draft pick next year, which many expect to be near the top of the draft, as well as the Texans pick. With those picks, they will have the option to either draft a quarterback and potentially move on from Kyler Murray, or if Murray comes back and looks great, they could trade away those picks for a massive draft haul given the quarterbacks in the draft. Now, none of this matters to Kyler. All he wants is to come back and prove to people that he was that dude we saw in 2021. But the timing of it, when he comes back, I think is going to be tricky because his incentives and the incentives of this rebuilding organization might not be perfectly aligned. Yeah, Meteor, you're absolutely right to say that the incentives there are, are, are a little they're, they're conflicting. But what I find so fascinating about this situation for the Cardinals is that this is not the same regime that was taking over Kyler Murray the prior few years. It's not the coach or GM who drafted Kyler Murray. Cliff Kingsbury yeah. and Steve Kime were both let go this offseason. It's a brand new GM, brand new coach, brand new offensive coordinator, brand new scheme that we haven't seen Kyler Murray play in so far. And those, those, those executives have not seen Kyler Murray play in so far. So if you have to lean one way or the other towards whether you want to give Kyler Murray as much rest as possible, maybe rest him for the entire season, or I, I lean more towards the other solution, which is get him on the field when he's ready to play. Don't rush him at all, but when he's ready to play, getting him those reps is so essential because this regime has to figure out whether they really want Kyler Murray to play in this scheme or whether they would prefer to draft a quarterback next year with either their own pick or the Texans pick, both of which should be pretty high in the first round. Well, and, and Bill, I think th this is a scenario, too, where organically that might be the way this plays out. Kyler Murray has been making very clear that he wants to be back. He says, ideally, I'll be back for week one. But really, he just started straight line running a few weeks ago. So it's a scenario now where the, the coaching staff is saying, we want to make sure that we do right by him. We don't want to risk re-injury. We will be patient. So ultimately, they might go a few weeks into the season without him on the field anyway. We'll see how it plays out. But I don't anticipate seeing him do a ton during training camp. No, and of course, and with any type of ACL injury, that's a nine to 12 month recovery from the surgery. Right. So we shall see when he gets back. All right, on to some more top stories. We head to New York where some off-season questions marks are getting answers and others are still very much up in the air. And as for the positive, let's get some positive news. We got Quinnen Williams just signed his right. new deal. And Jeff, what more can you tell us on this? Yeah, part? we've got some different storylines we're following. Quinton Williams, certainly one of them. He signed the biggest guaranteed contract in franchise history, $66 million guaranteed, four-year deal. This was sort of a check mark that we expected to see happen. Uh, the, the parameters were ready in place for this deal, but he is such a disruptive pass rusher, certainly something that the Jets wanted to make sure that they got done, and they did just that. So the Jets can go into training camp, feel like most of their business is all set. Another New York team, on the other hand, cannot, and that is because Saquon Barkley remains. Uh, he has not signed his franchise tag. We've got a few more days. July 17th is the deadline for him to sign that deal. Then we have to wonder, if he doesn't get the deal done, what will Saquon Barkley do? Will he attempt to hold out week one? That is the bluff. Uh, or the practical matter that the Giants right now have to figure out. Josh Jacobs, another sticky situation here when it comes to the franchise tag. Jacobs, similarly to Saquon Barkley with that July 17th deadline, and similarly, it doesn't feel like he's close to a long-term deal. So instead, we're looking at a potential franchise tag for him as well. Again, though, we know deadlines for action. Maybe as that July 17th deadline comes, that each team either goes up with their offer or the players come down. 
DeAndre Hopkins. Oh boy. The question here is where will he land? We know that he visited both the Patriots and the Titans. Uh, and look, here's the deal. We wonder now Quinn and Williams deal got done. So Chris Jones could be next. How does that connect to DeAndre Hopkins? If Chris Jones restructures his deal, maybe the Chiefs have money. And then maybe suddenly they get in the sweepstakes for Hopkins. That would be, to me, the most intriguing storyline between now and the start of training camp. Very intriguing. And as Mina said, we haven't really talked a lot about the Titans. We talked about this earlier. Now, Mina, what would D-Hop do for this Titans offense? Uh, he would be, I think, extremely helpful for a Titans receiving group that's fairly lacking. But when you add DeAndre Hopkins to the mix and look at this group of skill players as a whole, there's four, one, two, three, four, that I actually think uh, could combine to form a pretty potent uh, group of options for this offense. You got Hopkins, of course, Traylon Burks, who... You know, to me, flashed at times as a rookie. He was always a receiver that I expected to take a, uh, about a year or so to develop and get used to the NFL, given how he was used in college. But I thought he showed some potential. Chig Okwankwo, who's their starting tight end, is one of the sneaky, underrated players in this league. And then, of course, the apparently ageless Derrick Henry. That is <laughs> not bad. Now, I still harbor pretty serious concerns about this offensive line. But all told, if you add DeAndre Hopkins to this group, coupled with what I expect to be an improved defense, I would not rule the Titans out, especially mm -hmm. under Mike Rabel. Yeah, very easy to imagine DeAndre Hopkins coming over the middle of the field on one of those many play-action passes yeah. and running with the football. Just that seems like a natural fit there. And I think if the Titans do sign DeAndre Hopkins, it's going to tell us how they feel about Ryan Tannehill as well, because Tannehill's situation mm. still vaguely up in the air. He has $27 million unguaranteed that becomes guaranteed when he's on the roster for week one of this season. Now, theoretically, Tennessee could go into camp, love Will Levis, think he's ready, and cut Tannehill to save that $27 million. But if you sign Hopkins, I think it makes it very clear they're going to be sticking with Tannehill this upcoming season in the final hmm. year of his deal. Yeah, both of you guys making very good points about the possibility with the Titans, and I don't think we should be dismissive about their chances of signing Hopkins. Yes, Hopkins had a great visit with the Patriots. He, though, too, had a very good visit with the Titans. Tim Kelly, offensive coordinator in Tennessee, he worked with Hopkins very closely. They have a very strong relationship. They were together in Houston for many years. So don't count out the Titans in this sweepstakes. Don't count them out. This It just continues. The, the pot just keeps <laughs> getting served. Now, Hopkins ranked in the top 10 of the NFL in both receptions and receiving yards per game last season, so any team is lucky to have him. Now, we're just getting started on NFL Live. The Eagles offense finished the season as one of the best in football, and here why Mina says losing their offensive coordinator this offseason might cause them to take a step back. Plus, here from Bill Barnwell as he ranks his top five quarterbacks in all of football. Find out the surprise young QB that sneaks into the list. NFL Live is brought to you by One Key. Rewards on any way you travel. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Here's the next UFC fight night from the Apex in Las Vegas with our women's bantamweight main event. The prelims begin tomorrow at 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific, followed by the main card at 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific on ESPN, ESPN Deportes, and ESPN+. Plus. All right, let's dive into the NFC South, where every team will have a different week one starting QB than they had last season. The first time that's happened in any division since 1973. It projects to be one of the closest division races in the NFL. Derek Carr and the Saints are the favorite, but the Falcons and the Panthers both have at least a 22% chance to win the division. All right, it's time now to read and react around this division, and we begin in Atlanta, where Grady Jarrett explained why the one word he used to describe his QB is, quote, confident. One word to describe him, um, I'll say confident. Um, confident because uh, it just seemed like the, the noise around him just hasn't affected him, you know, just the negative uh, energy that the, the people given towards the decision that um, the team has made to go with him. He's so confident in the things that he's going to be able to be able to do, and we confident in him. Um, the things that we know he can achieve because uh, he, I mean, he showed the work day in and day out. That's how you want your quarterback, your leader to be, you know, unscathed and just um, the guy who's just locked in. Mina, is he right to be confident in Ritter? Uh, yes, because Ritter is stepping into a terrific situation at quarterback. The Falcons have very good ascending offensive line. They had a dominant run game last year. They just added the best running back in the draft, sorry, weapon in Bijan Robinson. <laughs> a unique group of skill players that the play caller, Arthur Smith, does a terrific job of getting open. Really, all he has to do is improve on some of the accuracy issues you saw last year with Mariota. I would say use his uh, skills as a runner and hit a few shots, steep shots per game off of play action or versus man coverage. But uh, I think confidence is entirely appropriate given the context. All right, on to the Panthers, where all eyes are on rookie quarterback Bryce Young. Miles Sanders talked about the young QB on the Rich Eisen show earlier this week. Bryce Young has looked very, very, very well to me. His pocket presence is amazing to me. You think he's going to get sacked. You think he's just looking to, he's lost in there, but no, he got his eyes downfield. His release is quick, too. He lets it go quick and, and it's accurate. And that's what really stood out to me. And I was like, okay, I think we're okay. <laughs> it's hard not to like him, you know. Um, he's very humble, but he knows he's that guy. But, like, he's very humble with it. And, like I said, he, he comes to work every day and, and, and puts on ready to work now bill a lot of hype around Bryce Young as deserved how many games do you think they can win realistically this season I think they're going to be in the eight nine win range which would be a step forward for them and I think there's a lot to like in Carolina 
and that starts with Bryce Young. And I think he's mentally ahead of your typical rookie quarterback. He can read the full field in his progressions. He can set and reset protections on his own. He's not going to be your typical rookie in terms of limitations uh, behind the line of scrimmage. And then I, I really like what's around Bryce Young. The defense has several young stars and Brian Burns and J.C. Horn, two good offensive tackles in Ike Aquanu and Taylor Moden. And then the receiving core, work in progress. But if Jonathan Mingo can be uh, sort of a, a safety valve, maybe a, a security blanket for Bryce Young in year one, that can be a better and really impressive group of uh, skill position players around Bryce Young. So, uh, you know, it's going to be a wide open division. You don't know who's going to win it, but Carolina has more upside than I think people are giving them credit for right now. All right. Now the Bucks looking to improve their offense after the loss of, of course, QB Tom Brady. But wide receiver Chris Godwin is looking inward as he preps for the season. He said, quote, I feel like there's a lot of ways that I can improve, and I feel like Mike feels the same way. I think whenever you get to a point where you're stagnant or complacent and you're just like, I'm good, that's when things start to go downhill. If you look at all the greats in the game, they're always looking for ways to improve. The guys that are really, really great, they continue to push themselves, continue to find ways to improve, and that's where I want to be. Jeff, Godwin looking to step up as a veteran presence, but what's the altitude around his offense? You know, I'm not here to convince the sports world that Baker Mayfield is suddenly going to be a clear franchise quarterback. <laughs> I don't want the eye rolls, but I will say that internally, they're excited about what he is bringing to the locker room so far. Yes, they're declaring this a competition with him and Kyle Trask, but I think there is a clear favorite in Baker Mayfield. He is bringing an edge and a grit to this locker room, which, by the way, probably needs that when you have such a void in Tom Brady's absence. So will it translate to win something better than what we just saw in those percentages? I don't know yet. They're excited about Dave Canales, the offensive coordinator. They like what they're seeing out of Baker Mayfield. So we will simply wait and see on this Bucks offense. The wait and see game. All right, finally, on to the Saints. All eyes on Derek Carr, but Taysom Hill is working on ways to make himself more effective in this offense. Running routes and catching balls and stuff, that was, that was a foreign thing um, for me. And I also think because of that, we haven't done a ton of it. The nice thing is I'm put in different situations. I can go at it and say, if I was throwing the ball to me, I'm just going to do whatever I'd want the receiver to do if I was throwing it to him. Having that perspective helped me um, and maybe you know made that transition a little smoother. All right, Mina, how should they be using Hill with Carr now there? Uh, you know, <laughs> Taysom Hill, I think because of the usage at quarterback and the contracts, maybe has gotten a little bit too much criticism over the course of his career, and his usage or his effectiveness as a runner, I think, can be minimized. So, you know, I can't... I suspect they can find ways to use him as a mismatch weapon and, and include some surprise... Uh, catching the football, but I'll say this about New Orleans if Michael Thomas is healthy that one two three punch of Thomas Chris Olave and the very underrated Rahid Shahid is their uh, third wide receiver and a deep threat Probably want the majority of targets going those yeah. guys ways mm -hmm. probably want them on the field a bit more Maybe you can sprinkle in a little bit of Taysom and uh, Just a bit just a bit just a bit. All right. Well the SBs. Might have been a few days ago, but next, Bill Barnwell gives us his top five quarterbacks in the NFL. Will Patrick Mahomes keep taking home the top spot? Stick around. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. 
Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. And after an epic season last year that saw the Philadelphia Eagles going on an absolute tear with a 14-3 record in a trip to the Super Bowl, now they are hoping to run it all back again with training camp just around the corner of July 25th, to be exact. Now, Eagles tight end Dallas Goddard was asked on part of my take this week about how much the Eagles have to have run the tush-push QB sneak and if it defenses have a problem with it and Goddard responded with this oh all of the time they call us a word I cannot use on TV and that's my quote and you're soft tell us run a real play and I'm like it is don't get us to third and one don't get us to fourth and one like stop us you know what I mean now Jalen Hurts and the Eagles used the tush push 31 times last season by far the most in the NFL and the next closest QB was Josh Allen with nine of those 31 plays, Philly converted 29 of them for first downs, meaning that it worked 94% of the time. Now, Jeff, what are your first reactions to these quotes? Yeah, I mean, I think that any implication that Nick Sirianni's offense is soft is definitely undermining everything that he is about and everything he does. You can say strategic, sure. You can say manipulative, fine, but soft. No way Not is Nick true. Sirianni soft in any capacity. Yeah, not at all. Oh, Bill, what about you? Now, the, the QB sneak just works for them. What makes it so effective? It's such a fascinating situation, and I think it's one of the biggest stories of this offseason. Yeah. It, mm -hmm. it really changed the way the Eagles played offense last year, and it played the way opposing teams played defense against them. Because typically on third down, there are teams who will play their defenders at the sticks, you know, wait for you to check down, rally, make a tackle, and the other team's going to punt on fourth and one or fourth and two. Well, the Eagles were not punting on fourth and one or fourth and two. They were running the tush push or they were running something off of the tush push and they were succeeding upwards of 90% of the time. Mm -hmm. And you got to figure there were teams who looked at what the Eagles did and thought, you know, that'd be nice. Maybe we should have a play on fourth <laughs> down that works 94% of the time. And now it's not as simple as just looking at the tape once or twice and copying it. But over the course of the offseason, you can study the timing. Maybe you bring in, say, a coach who happened to coach in Philadelphia last year like the Colts did. There's going to be an opportunity for teams to take this sneak and use it themselves, and that's going to change the way defenses around the league have to play on third and fourth down. So I wouldn't be shocked if we saw, you know, a half dozen, maybe even 10 teams this year using the sneak either with a quarterback or if they want to protect their quarterback with another player. We saw the Chiefs use their backup tight end on, on sneaks in years past because they don't want to use Patrick Mahomes on sneaks with some sort of athlete under center and a big push forward teams are going to be converting more often on fourth down. 
Amina, does the change in uh, offensive coordinator, does that change a lot of your expectations for Hertz? No, not really. Um, yeah, losing Shane Steichen, who's now, of course, the head coach of the Colts, it hurts. But um, for the most part, there's not a lot of turnover with this Eagles offense. Most of the turnover happened on the other side of the ball. Guard, a couple new running backs coming in. Uh, but I expect the offense to look the same, both in terms of the personnel, but also the approach. They really hit on something, uh, especially last year, I think, with that power spread offense, the emphasis on the RPOs, obviously, incredible group of skill players in offensive line. Uh, I'm not worried. Brian Johnson steps into a great situation. Where he has big shoes to fill, and I think where he will be tested, is replicating not Steichen's offense per se, but his ability to game plan for different defenses. This is one thing I thought he did exceptionally well last year. Every time uh, the Eagles played a different defense, it felt like they would find their weakness and just exploit it over and over. And you would see pretty heavy variants. There would be some games where they would hit on a certain run concept and keep hammering it. Some games where they would place a greater stress on RPOs or air it out, yada, yada. The point is, a lot of that was, I think, because of Steichen. So I think for Johnson, that is the big challenge. It's game planning around the talent he does have, which, of course, is prodigious. Yeah, absolutely. Plenty of talent, Mina. But my concern is how much of that talent is going to be on the field, at least relative to how often they were on the field a year ago. The Eagles were one of the healthiest offenses in football. They did lose Jalen Hurts, of course, yeah. for a couple games. Dallas Goddard missed some time. But Miles Sanders, their starting running back, was healthy all year. Top two wide receivers were healthy all year. And that offensive line, we know how much the Eagles put into the offensive line and how good it is. Those five starters up front missed a total of just three starts all season. So the Eagles were able to dominate teams up front with their with their blocking, with their run blocking, their pass protection. They gave Jalen Hurts time to throw. We know that's the core of what they do on, on every single offensive concept they run. So my concern is if the Eagles are more banged up, do they have the depth on offense, especially after paying Jalen Hurts so much money this past season? I, I just, I, tush, who, who came up with the term tush push? It's, it, Where did that it's start? becoming did my favorite word. Bill? I'm not like, going to lie. Said, I mean, I've heard you say it 16 times I in believe, the show. Believe, believe it's Callan Collar of The Athletic came up with tush push. So I mean, it's unbelievable. You've really embraced it, first of all. I'd love to see the brainstorming session and what the other options were because we really <laughs> seem to no, have I think really we should get a, a tush, tush push, push jar. We're going to have a tush push jar yeah. here. Anyway, it's, carry on. I didn't hear anything else you said. <laughs> is that all you have to say? That's it. Okay, it's well, fine. in games that uh, Jalen Hurd started last season, the Eagles offense averaged 28.4 points per game most in the NFL. The tush push works <laughs> every time, you know? All right, how about uh, this quote from Goddard? I think Jalen has to be at the top. You can say he's got good talent around him. He's a dog. He's really good, and I think he should be top three. Top two, it's hard to take anything away from Patrick. Now you go down the list and there's probably 10 quarterbacks that could be in the top five and it depends on what fan base you are. But personally speaking, Jalen is top two. Now, Bill Goddard has Hurts as his second best quarterback in the league. So let's get into your top five quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Okay, so let's start with the easy one, right? Number one, Patrick Mahomes. Obviously. If I didn't pick Patrick Mahomes, I think I'd probably get kicked off the show if I'm being realistic. <laughs> yeah, no Incredible. Yeah. Two MVPs. Never played a road playoff game. 
I mean, incredible resume so far as a pro. No one's going to have too many issues with me here for Mahomes. Number two, I go with Josh Allen because I think people have maybe forgotten how good Josh Allen was before the elbow injury, which impacted him last year. 106 passer rating before that injury dropped down to 88 afterwards. So a healthy Allen here in 2023. I think can be every bit as good as anyone else on this list. Mm. Number three, I would go with Joe Burrow, where of course we've seen him torment Mahomes in those matchups. <laughs> Anybody who can beat Patrick Mahomes three times in four tries deserves your respect and a spot on the top five. And he's improving. He got better at getting the ball out quickly a year ago. Just a winner in so many ways. Oh, so good. Yeah. Number four, we go with Jalen Hurts, where Jalen Hurts, not number two for me, but a guy who's improved so much, was one of the least accurate passers in league history as a rookie after you adjust for era, now way above average, one of the most accurate throwers in football, and shoulders so much of the rushing workload, more really than any other quarterback to me in the National Football League. Now, number five, maybe a little surprising, but wow. I'm going with Trevor wow. Lawrence. And it's because of what he go. did right. in the second half of last season, leading the Jaguars to the postseason. Second in the NFL from week nine on in passer rating, 15 touchdowns against two interceptions. He has solid receivers, a solid running game. I think a very good coach in Doug Peterson, but he doesn't have an A.J. Brown, doesn't have a Travis Kelsey. Trevor Lawrence was the focal point of that offense and carried them on his back to the postseason. To me, young quarterback, pedigree's there. I think he's a top five guy. Is that, I, I, I love that. I, I don't I need to jump that, in yeah. here. I love the list, but, but was it Spicy. a top five list of players not named Aaron Rodgers? Was that, no. was he just not, was that not on that list. candidate? Was I, that I like, I think. No, just top five quarterbacks? Was that the only prerequisite? Was he no, number no, six? Last year. Or Lamar. What about Lamar? Lamar Jackson? Lamar is number six to me. Aaron Rodgers uh, was 26th in the NFL in QBR last year. I'm not saying yeah. QBR is the only measure of quarterback oh, play, but Aaron Rodgers is 39 years old. Hey, mm, you know, we we, I'm just saying. Aaron Rodgers struggled last year. I did a list. I did a list on my podcast and add an identical top four. I yeah. did, however, have Justin Herbert and Lamar ahead of Trevor mm. Lawrence. For me, largely it was because of sample size. Trevor yeah. Lawrence was elite for half of the season. I just want to see it a little bit more. But the fact that I had him seventh, you had him fifth, I think speaks to how impressed both of us both of us yeah. were yeah. with what we saw last year. And your point about context, the lack of a true number one wide receiver is really well taken. I actually applied both of those things to Lamar and Herbert as well, just because Herbert, there's been so many injuries with Chargers, injury to himself, offensive line issues. And with Lamar, I mean, he, you know, obviously hasn't had the wide receiver group that the rest of these players have had. If you told me, by the way, at the end of this season that Trevor Lawrence would be number five, I would believe it. I truly would. I don't know if I would go there right now, but yeah. Bill is, you know, so full of wisdom and crazy takes today that <laughs> like I'll it. let him have it. Well, okay, well, Lamar Jackson has, has missed, you know, nine. Over the last two seasons, Lamar Jackson has missed nine games due to injuries. And he did not miss a single game because of an injury during his first three seasons. So we'll allow the, the sixth spot for, for Lamar. All right, coming up, we got the Commanders. They were the lone NFC East team without a trip to the playoffs last season. But can Washington turn it around? Hear why Bill and Mina think Washington is poised for a bounce back year.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Tomorrow night, we'll have the 19th annual WNBA All-Star Game from Las Vegas. Our coverage begins at 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific on ABC. Tahoe is the center of the NFL world this weekend, as many of its stars have made it there for the American Century Celebrity Golf Championship. Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, and Josh Allen, to name a few of the stars. But what is it about this event that just keeps bringing them back? Well, their love for the game. What does it mean for me to compete here? It means the world to me because now we're kind of all on the same playing field as athletes, but we're dressed and acting like real golfers. I love golf because to me it's the toughest sport in the world. Football you can kind of have your hands a little off and make the grab. You know it can do it ugly. You can't really hit a really nice shot an ugly way. We spend so much time watching film. What we put our bodies through is crazy so to have to have something that isn't my job. I'm out there I'm not thinking about a slant. It's gorgeous right you're out there walking on the golf course and Pristine conditions, fairways, immaculate, greens rolling perfect. That's what really drew me to the game. Why I love golf so much is when I am done with the game, that I can still feel like I'm in the locker room. I can still be competitive. That's what golf is for me. Ryder Cup team, Romo's in there, for sure. I mean, you gotta go with Tony Romo. Tony Romo. Be Tony Romo in there, he's, he's a baller. I heard Thielen's good. I haven't seen him yet. It's always like the past quarterbacks. Like, Elway I know can play. I'm going to go with my homeboy, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> they understand in crunch time, I believe they're, they're going to make the play. And one more would probably be Andrew Whitworth. Got to have a big man for intimidation factor. Five-foot putt to win the Masters or the ball on the five-yard line to win the Super Bowl. Oh, I'm picking the ball on the five to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> Let's not get it twisted, you know. You can put me at the 40-yard line to win the Super Bowl over a five-foot putt to win the Masters. I know golf is not my forte as much as I love it. Super Bowl all day. I love golf, but I don't have a Super Bowl yet. Wow. Huh. Just because I've done the Super Bowl before, I'd like to see what it feels like to win the Masters. So I'll take the five-footer at Masters as long as it goes in. <laughs>
Again, the American Century Celebrity Golf Championship all weekend at Tahoe. Now, Jeff, yes. we heard their Ryder Cup team. Now, pick one NFL player you'd like to be uh, your go, partner for a scramble. I go Patrick Mahomes for a very different Mahomes. reason. Though. I don't know if you watched the match a few years ago. He yeah. started to struggle out of the gates three holes mm -hmm. in, and he popped himself a nice cold Coors Light because he was like, I need to change my swing yeah. thoughts. I was planning on drinking a little later, but I'm going to start now. That's my kind of golf. That That's helps. my kind of guy. That helps a lot. Sometimes you just got to pivot and change directions, and sometimes you just got to crack a nice cold course light. That's the move. Okay, Patrick Mahomes. All right, well, that's the move. All right, well, let's let's get back to football, shall we? Continue <laughs> on? All right, that, well, we can't crack a cold one yet. The NFC East has gone 18 consecutive seasons without a repeat champion, the longest streak by any division in NFL history. Now, the Eagles will look to end that drought as they are the favorite to win the NFC East for a second straight season. Season. Now, the division features two more playoff teams from last season in the Cowboys and the Giants, followed by the Commanders, who were firmly in the playoff race before a disappointing end to last season. Now, the Commanders have used eight different starting QBs since Ron Rivera took over in 2020. It was a combo of Dwayne Haskins, Kyle Allen, and Alex Smith during the regular season. And then Taylor Heineke started a play started a playoff loss to the Bucks in 2021. Now, Ryan Fitzpatrick suffered a season-ending injury in Week 1, and Heineke started most of the season from there. Carson Wentz started last season before fracturing his finger, and Heineke took over, and then the Commanders went back to Wentz for a must-win game in Week 17, which they lost. With Washington eliminated from the playoff contention, Sam Howell made his NFL debut in Week 18. Now, Jeff, are the Commanders committed to Howell as their QB1 entering the season? They are, and they're saying as much, but they're also showing as much. They really didn't go crazy during free agency with Jacoby Brissett coming in and ultimately not drafting a quarterback. This is a team that has essentially said, we believe in Sam Howell. We are going to give him every opportunity to succeed. We think that he has developed into uh, he showed us at least that he has the potential to be a franchise quarterback and they expect him to take that step. I, I know it's not very easy for the sports world to believe, probably because we don't know all that much about Sam Howell at this point, but I'm telling you, the word coming out of there is they believe in this guy. Amina, what do you think of this little take we do have uh, on Howell? Yeah, so uh, Sam Howell, one start last year, uh, 12 sample size, played a lot of backups, but watching it, I, I was struck by a couple of things, uh, reminded of some of the qualities he showed at UNC both in 2020 and 21, and it was easy for me to imagine how they'll translate to the NFL. Um, starting with the fact that he has an extremely strong arm, he can hit all the throws outside the numbers. I suspect commanders, with their emphasis on the run, will face a lot of single high coverage, so there'll be one-and-one -one opportunities to Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson downfield, and he can hit those throws. Another thing is he has, a, he has a quick release. You know, RPOs were a huge part of the UNC offense. They're also a huge part of the Chiefs offense. You've got offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy coming to Washington now, so I expect that to be a big part of this commander's offense with Howell. And then finally, as you're just seeing there, he can run. I mean, mm. he averaged over eight yards per carry that last year at UNC, broke a ton of tackles. Build-wise, almost reminds me like of a young Russell Wilson. So I would not be surprised if the design QB run is also a big part of the offense coupled with the RPO. Now, Bill, is this a yeah. playoff team? Oh, that's a tough question. I, I believe they can be if Sam Howell does one thing, and right. that's protect 
the football because mm. the defense here very underrated we don't talk about them the way we talk about the Patriots or, or the Jets from last year but they're in that same discussion they were sixth in the NFL in points per possession allowed last year and second best in the NFL in terms of forcing three and outs the problem was the offense couldn't take advantage of the defense's success. So with a healthy Chase Young coming back now and being a bigger part of the team here in 2023, I think they can keep that up. But for Sam Howell, of course, the question is, can he protect the football? And can the offense hold up their end of the bargain after Carson Wentz and company turned the ball over on a regular basis last year? Now, they're committed to Sam Howell, but Jacoby Reset, the one thing he does best is protect the football. So I wonder if Sam Howell struggles early in the season, if Jacoby Brissett might be the best choice just because they're going to win games with their defense more so than their offense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting point. I also suspect with, you know, Eric Bieniemy is getting control of this offense for sure, but this was an offense that under Ron Rivera has been pretty run-centric on early downs, very conservative at times. And with an elite defense, I almost, uh, you know, I would worry about them leaning too much into the run mm. at uh, <laughs> and too, be, I, I would fear that they might be too concerned about Howell turning it over. But that defense is so good. I mean, we're talking about a defensive front that was excellent last year, one of the most fearsome in the NFL without Chase Young. Now they get him back in the mix. Hopefully he can return to the form he showed earlier in his career. Um, and coupled with the improvements we saw in coverage, I think last season, they should be one of the better defenses in the league. Now during Eric Benenemy's five seasons as the Chiefs offensive coordinator, Kansas City's offense averaged 28.4 points per game, by far the most in the NFL. So we'll see what they can do in Washington. Now still to come with a new QB and a play caller in Indy. Find out why Bill says the pieces around Anthony Richardson could help him succeed this season. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Welcome back to NFL Live. Bucks cornerback Carlton Davis is not worried about replacing a Hall of Fame quarterback. He said, we're about to do it to him. Anybody who feels we've lost Tom and lost something is going to be in for a rude awakening. A rude awakening. Tom was a great addition for us, but obviously it's a team sport. Obviously you need components to be successful, and we still have those components. Now the Bucks are one of several teams in the process of replacing a future Hall of Fame quarterback. That includes the Patriots, who haven't won a playoff game since Tom Brady left for Tampa. 
Now the Saints are entering their third season since Drew Brees retired and their primary quarterbacks during the first two were Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston. But now it's Derek Carr's turn to try to get New Orleans back to the playoffs. Kenny Pickett took over for Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh last season. While his rookie season got off to a slow start, Pickett won five of his last six starts and ranked seventh in the NFL in QBR during that span. And in Green Bay, Jordan Love takes over after spending his first three seasons behind Aaron Rodgers. Now Love, the 26th overall pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, made one start during his first three seasons, which was a loss to the Chiefs in 2021. Now, speaking of replacing Hall of Famers, Colts' new rookie quarterback, Anthony Richardson, looking to make a name and a permanent fixture in Indy following the footsteps of Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning. And he's showing off by dunking on some folks in the off-season workouts. I mean, Jeff, this video, does yeah. it surprise you? No, first of all, I appreciate his friendships with the people he's playing with yes. who didn't go near him. They just no, gave they him just the, let him do it. And it wasn't like they're just being yes-men and a lot. They're just happen. business decision here. We want a friend to continue to make his money so we could ride on those coattails you know yeah. the whole deal but uh, that might not be true but look here's the deal we're not surprised at all to see Anthony Richardson's athleticism the question here becomes if we're going to turn it to the field it's crazy to think that Anthony Richardson probably the one quarterback who we said needed the most time to grow into the quarterback position is going to be thrust into a starting job for a team that is a perceived contender probably more so than any of those other rookie quarterback teams. So I, I, I mean I am fascinated as a former Gator to see what Anthony Richardson can do with the Colts because he is definitely going in to get the opportunity. Now, now Bill what about the pieces around Richardson. Yeah there's a really like like unique mix of players here. Mm -hmm. I don't know that there's a star, but I believe that there is a a, a group of receivers here who kind of complement each other really well. You start with Michael Pittman. He's the best known of the bunch. The X receiver in this offense, big body, physical player, can win on contested catches. He's going to be Anthony Richardson's best friend from day one. You go on the other side of the field, Alec Pierce, more of a downfield threat. Flashed last year in the disaster that was the Colts season, but we know he's fast. Know he can hit you know, plays downfield. Then in the middle, you have either Isaiah McKenzie, who they got from the Bills to play in the slot, or Josh Downs, who was a, a really, you know, a, a very solid slot player at the college level. So I think it's a really easy thing to project him to be that guy in the pros as well. So not superstars at receiver, but each individual spot they fill yeah. in, I think they help each other and complement each other. I agree. I also think they'll be complimented by Richardson himself and his skill set, mm. the deep ball potentially, what he can do on the ground. That's where I think um, one of the players in particular, Jonathan Taylor, will benefit. So last year, Taylor ranked 25th in yards before contact per carry. Of the running backs who ranked in the top five, three were on teams where they were paired with rushing quarterbacks, Baltimore, Philadelphia, and Chicago. Now, part of that is that those teams, two of them at least, had very good offensive lines and blocking, no doubt, plays a huge role in yards before contact. But it's also undeniable that when defenses have to account for a quarterback who can keep the ball and take off with it, like Anthony Richardson, tends to create more opportunities for the running back as a result. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see Jonathan Taylor in particular have a bounce back season because of Richardson's presence. Jonathan Taylor is only one year removed from a 2020 from a 2021 season in which he ran for over 1800 yards and 18 touchdowns, both of which led 
the NFL. Now we've got time for one more thing. Philip Rivers' family is growing once again. The QB announced that he and his wife are oh welcoming my. baby number 10. No. The Rivers family offensive depth chart. Oh. Eight-time Pro Bowl quarterback. Like, look it. He is back under center for the team and, of course, led by his wife, Tiffany, and general manager oh, wow. and head coach. And the baby number 10 <laughs> will complete the full team congratulations oh, oh. to the Rivers family for Bill Jackson. I'm Victoria. Thanks for watching. Have a great weekend. <laughs>